Hi, I'm Lisa Krause, and you're listening to the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. Hey, are you or someone you care about considering, dealing with, or being through a divorce or separation? Well, you're in the right place. You don't have to do this alone. There are people who care and want to help. Hi, I'm Dina Court, an author, blogger, publisher, and empowerment coach. Thanks for joining me on the Divorce Magazine Canada podcast. You are going to hear from our team of experts and professionals how to navigate this difficult transition in your life easier, more efficiently, and with better outcomes. Did you know we host online divorce resource groups that are free to attend and everyone is welcome? Check out the links in our show notes and be sure and join us. We love bringing experts to you. Please refer to our Terms of Service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com and stay tuned at the end for the legal language. Ready? Here we go. In this series on the podcast, Divorce Diaries, you are going to hear candid conversations from people who bravely share their stories, their experiences, the lessons that they've learned through a divorce or a separation and they are sharing these to encourage you to give you some information and support around the experience that is really quite difficult and a life-changing event. This will be a place to meet people just like you who care and want to help so that you don't feel so alone. Let's meet our guest now. Okay, Lisa, I'm so excited that you're here today. It's a really cool story about how we met and how we connected. So I'm going to start with that. And then and then we're going to get into your story. So it's super funny. I was actually camping and I I whip open my phone the one morning and which I do before I get up in the morning uh, out of bed. It's like I could spend an hour on it sometimes in there. Anyways, I see that Divorce Magazine Canada was tagged in a post. And I've been getting so much freaking scam that I was just like, okay, I'm just going to just delete it. Right. And I, I'm kind of curious. So I take a look. I'm like, what? This is so cool. There's a picture of you, Lisa, who I did not know at the time. And you're holding divorce magazine, Canada. And a friend of yours, a colleague of yours is holding, I think it was gracious living or, or another magazine. And you guys tied that into the work you do. And it had blown up. People just loved the picture. They thought it was amazing. And I thought, okay, this is, this is very positive. This is super cool. These people are so fun. And I started looking like they're legit. These people are legit and they're from Alberta and they've got like, they've got my magazine right there. And then we started, I started commenting, you were commenting, you're like, oh my God, I should, I should be in their magazine. Cause I'm a pro at this. And, and I thought, okay, this, there's something about like, I need to talk to this lady. So we connected and here we are. We've discovered that you have some phenomenal experience personally and professionally that you're going to share with us. And we're actually going to do this in two episodes. So this is the first episode. You all are just going to love Lisa. Here she is. She's going to tell us about herself and, and her story. And we're just going to be real and raw. So yeah, buckle up. Here we go. Hi, <laughs> buckle, Lisa. buckle in. Hi. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so excited to be here and, you know, doing something silly and fun with a, a colleague and the two of us, you know, it was off the cuff, our little post and uh, lo and behold, this is what happened. So you just never know. you got to open all the doors, right? Right. Um, so uh, yeah, a little bit about me. This is a a different platform than I'm used to uh, in sharing some of this information. So um, yeah. And I you do, I you're on a podcast of your yeah. own. Yes, 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 I am. So and we so will link that, that for people. Oh, that would be amazing. Yeah. I um so yeah, I my background uh professionally is going in and helping med spas and cosmetic derm practices with business development and I spent over 25 years in clinic as a service provider doing laser treatments and assisting docs with cosmo treatments and um and that's what I do professionally and then on the personal end um it it has been quite a roller coaster. And I would say, I don't know if I would say I'm seasoned in relationship when it comes to relationship. I've had a lot of great ones. I've had a lot of relationships that weren't very good. So <laughs> relationships. I, I, love it. 
I I have had some some good, bad, and ugly. So, uh, yeah, uh, just a little bit about uh, the background of me personally when it comes to relationship is um, now our listeners are going to be like, oh boy, we said buckle in for this. So um, historically, when it comes to engagements, I'm on engagement number six. Yeah, drum roll number six. Um, and uh, with two divorces under my belt. And so my relationship past started when I was about 20 years old and uh, really early on, selfish, immature, didn't know how to communicate, uh, was always looking to point the finger at whoever I was in relationship, what lucky gentleman got to be, you know, the brunt of my uh, childishness and immaturity. Um, but it it really has been quite a journey where I got to learn a lot about myself and a lot about men and uh, how to appreciate them and how to communicate with them and how to celebrate them. Early on, that was certainly not the case. And so uh, it's, yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been a lot. I, I feel bad because I'm a lot of work uh, as a, a woman to be in relationship with. And, uh, you know, after I did some, work on myself and read some books and, you know, halfway through this relationship journey, it was kind of like, okay, so there's a pattern here. Now be damned if it's me. I'm sure it's not me. There's no way it can be me, you know? And I'm like, oh shit, it's me. It's me. <laughs> and so I decided, you know, I got to take a look at this um, and really got interested in the dynamics, the inner workings and dynamics between men and women and why relationships work, why they fail, uh, what part of it did I play, which I'm sure was very insignificant. And, uh, and then <laughs> it, it was such an eye opener. And so going from really a lot of um, self-esteem, self-worth issues and chameleoning when I got into relationship and losing myself and then blaming the partner. And it was, you know, and then and then even you know, not certainly not proud of it, but uh, any of this, to be honest with you, <laughs> but certainly part of the story is, you know, not being fulfilled in relationship and where, you know, I was the cheated on. I was also the cheater in a few different uh, positions. Again, not proud of it, but, um, you know, all of that is plays a part in the story and figuring out where I could be better. And so, you know, sometimes you're the lever of a relationship. Sometimes you're the levy in a relationship, obviously a little bit easier for the lever. Um, mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of times where uh, if in a couple instances when I, they weren't the engagements, but any relationships I had that I was the lever, uh, always very easy. When you're the levy, I went from, you know, being a real, like being broken and being like, my feelings hurt and how was I going to come back from this? And so it was really, uh, you know, allowing myself a little bit of being a sad ass, but wanting to get to be a badass again and how yeah. I was going to pick myself up and dust myself off and get into the next relationship. And without, you know, hurting that next <laughs> person, victim, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, I, it, it's been a long journey. Happy to say I'm in an amazing relationship now with um, my partner, Chris, and he and I have been together for nine years and uh, certainly the healthiest relationship I've been in when it comes to communicating and, and things like that. So it's been a long, a long go, but it's also been amazing. And you know, just when you think like, oh, life's over, this is such a traumatic experience. It is. And I don't want to discount that, but I can only share from my own heart and my own experience on, you know, what it did for me to really focus on, you know, my own development and self-care and what can I do for me? Because, you know, letting yourself go down that rabbit hole and you, and, and a amen, I did it but you just don't let yourself be there for long. There's so many support uh, tools and skills and people and resources for people now because it's so common. And so I think we're in such a great time if we're going through this, like good thing it wasn't, you know, 50 years ago, things were 
looked a lot different uh, when it came to divorce. Uh, you know, grandparents looked a lot different. You just didn't do it. And it was, you know, something that is, was frowned upon. It certainly isn't now. It is, you know, getting to be so common that, um, you know, unfortunate, yes, but lots of different resources. So yeah, that's kind of the long-winded nutshell of, <laughs> of past relationships for me. I think what impressed me the most was your your pause, your recognition, your acknowledgement of the part that you had played. And, and you got to that, you know, through some hard times, but you recognized it, but then you did something about it. You sought out the resources, the education, the self-improvement so that you yourself are growing from it. And that's going to affect all areas of your life. Like now you, you do coaching, you do mentoring, you're helping people in business. And I'm sure that that serves you well, what you've learned about communicating, what you've learned about yourself, not just in personal relationships or, you know, significant with a significant other, like with a partner. So I think I just applaud you. I so respect that. And I think it's, it's so real how you said, yes, there's low times. Yes, you do need to take that time, walk through that, but just don't get stuck there and, yeah. and be open to see what some of the factors might've been that broke that down. And are there ways that you can improve? And I totally agree. Like people have changed, whether you're talking about what a 50 year old even looks like now compared to what they did even 20 or well, let's say 30, 30, 40 years ago, uh, you know, you had to, you chopped your hair a certain way. You got out the frumpy stuff. You didn't have high heels, nothing too sexy, nothing flashy. Like you, you acted a different way, especially for women. And yeah. that has changed. People are more open-minded. They realize and understand that divorce is an unfortunate situation. That's going to be fairly prevalent and it's not something that we're just going to shame people for there's already enough guilt and shame around it without having society dump more on you so I really applaud you for that and and it's hard to share those stories like it, you know it's you're looking back on it now and you're able to share it with us with a little bit of lightness a little bit of humor around it and we still you know we can still sense that pain that that you, you know, you've summarized it, but that's pretty condensed. That's, there's a lot that went on for you and that you have rose above that and moved forward and that you allowed yourself to, to try again. And now, yeah. you know, nine years in just a fantastic relationship. And, you know, that's kind of where I have been too. I, I came from abuse for over 30 years and, and stayed stuck because of those religious upbringing and norms in that culture I was in. But I did get to the point where I allowed myself and now, you know, going on five years uh, with just an amazing partner that I would have missed if I had not picked my ass up and moved on. Yeah. But, you know, well, figured I, out what was wrong. Yeah. I, I truly think that that's the key is uh, staying. I mean, life's too short. Staying in an unhealthy, unfulfilled, uh, heaven forbid, abusive uh, relationship is there's so many organizations that are out there to help people getting out of a situation that isn't, you know, that's unsavory and also unsafe. And so um grateful to those folks who are there to support those in need for those situations. And for those who are, you know, maybe listeners that are headed in this direction, whether they, you know, have been uh, asked for a divorce, if they're going to ask someone else for a divorce, it's, it's not easy, but trying to, and, and it's very emotional and can be very inflammatory and can definitely take its toll, but trying to move on with the least amount of collateral damage for everybody, um, and going into it with an open heart. And sometimes it's difficult when you're angry at that person or, or whatnot, um, to come in with a full heart of kindness and say, you know what, um, we had some really great times together and those were all life lessons. And I think for me, um, 
you know, after some of the courses and some of the work that I did on myself and books, uh, there was a couple really difficult phone calls that I had to make. And it was phone calls to people from my past to apologize and take ownership of my piece of the demise of that relationship. And it took a lot of work um, to, you know, come to that realization. But man, on the other side of that is so much relief and clarity and sleeping better at night. Some of that guilt is resolved and it takes, it takes a big person and it helps with confidence to be able to come to somebody and say, you know what, this wasn't all you, I recognize my part in this and I'm for that. I'm really sorry. Whatever part I played that you were heard about that you, that affected you poorly that I didn't even know about I want to apologize for those things because that's really all you can do. And that's what that other person deserves. Even if we think they don't deserve it at that time, we deserve it. And so coming from a place of this fucking sucks, but I'm going to get better on the other side. And and I love what you said about, you know, we don't wear high heels anymore. We don't dress up anymore. We don't do our hair or makeup anymore. And those kind of things affect our self-esteem over time. And so when divorce hits you hard, it it is when you maybe aren't your most confident or, oh my gosh, you think of like, well, the dating scene is tragic. What am I going to do? And there's all this fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And all of that stuff keeps creeping in. And it's really working on yourself and your self-confidence to say, you know what? I gave up a lot of the stuff I love to do because life happens. You get busy. That's the, you have kids, you know, and during tough times, that's, you know, you don't think about yourself. You don't put yourself first. You're constantly putting your kids and your partner first. And when you start taking a look at what's going to build your self-confidence, and that's where professionally it was, it has a profound or had a profound uh, impact on what I do professionally, because a lot of people coming in to see me, I would have that in common with, you know, the first thing you say is, you know, you know, Dina, what are you here to see me for today? How can I help you today? You've come into this, this uh, med spa or this cosmetic germ practice. What can I help you with? And a lot of times people would open with, well, this is really emotional for me. Um, but I'm going through a divorce right now and I don't feel good about myself. I've got some brown spots that are aging. I've got some fine lines and wrinkles. I look in the mirror and I don't feel confident. I don't feel, uh, you know, that I can get out there and maybe find a new potential partner. Or some of them are like, you know what? I'm going to spend time and money on myself because that's what I want to do. And the partner that I was with, he never wanted to let me do any of this cosmetic stuff. And he always poo-pooed it. And so sometimes it's a out of spite and rebellion that they're getting, you know, giving themselves the permission to, I'm going to look better. I'm going to feel better. And we know that when we look good, we feel good. And so that really all of these courses, all of this stuff, I would say, you know, to lighten the mood, hey, welcome to the D club, you know, and really try and be there for that person. So in a role of service, you being a service provider, whether it was doing laser treatments um, and, and lasers are really efficient now. Back in the day when I first started, like 20 plus years ago, if you were doing like legs and bikini and underarms laser hair removal for uh, a lady coming in, I mean, you spent a good couple hours together getting to know each other. And same for a man's chest, back, neck, you know, that was a good few hour treatment. You were dealing with a 10 millimeter spot size to cover Ooh. all that area. Yeah. <laughs> it was a long time. Right. And so you started talking about relationship. And so in taking these courses, it absolutely helped me in that side of my life. And also I think helps you heal when you talk about things or you listen to other people's stories and that you have like, Oh, I can relate to that, you know? And, um, yeah, just really helpful on, on both ends of the spectrum for me. And that's where it shows such a heart of caring that you are here sharing something that is so personal and so vulnerable and you're not doing it just to hear your own story or, you know, have any type of fame around this. It's, it's all because oh. you care to help others know they aren't alone, that, that mm. th this is your story. You've, you've experienced this. And if it can in any way encourage them and help them and they, and 
and they don't get stuck in a low spot. You know, I just, I really applaud you for doing that. I really respect that. And I appreciate the, the heart that is in this. Now, if people are curious about the courses you took, they yes. can contact you and, and, you know, just find out what, what you had found helpful and yes. maybe explore whether that's something that would help them. Absolutely. I am all about sharing that information with those who are interested. And if anything that I've gone through can help, and even with dealing with patients or friends, I mean, divorce is something now that is so like, it's, it's a thing like it's, you know, our, where the divorce rate is and it's, you know, as much as it's hard to go through, there's so many other people going through this. It's not like it used to be where it's a one-off and oh my gosh, so-and-so, you know, it's not, you know, right. And even for myself getting into, uh, engagements and, and being married, uh, I think it was my first marriage. I was 23 and, um, it was bad. I remember right before going down the aisle, my mom and dad were with me in that little room before you open the doors and you go through and everybody's sitting there turning to look at you and wait for you. You know, my dad said to me, he's like, Hey, like, are you really sure that you want to go through with this? Do you, are you having any reservations? Are you having any, you know? And I was like, well, no, I, I don't think so. Like, I mean, and we went to start to have this conversation. He goes, that's not the answer I was looking for. And all of a sudden the door and we're ready to walk down the aisle. And I think everybody looked back at my, my face, my mom's, my dad's face. We were all like, oh shit. You know, and, you know, thinking to myself, as I walked up the aisle, I was like, it was really impactful. And I was like, dad, you should have probably said that to me. Like, you know, any of the previous days or weeks leading up to this, uh -huh. let alone minutes right before. And I was like, no, this person is fun. I love him. He's got a great family. And it was like, nope, this is okay. And then I got like almost to, almost to the altar. And I found myself and at 23 saying, well, if it doesn't work out, I mean, you know, that's okay too. And, and that's a bad way to go into it, but being, you know, it, yeah. it's, and maybe I didn't have at that age, the respect for marriage that it deserved or the, you know, I was young. It was, you know, let's, this is going to be fun. And then as soon as there was any sort of real talk or relationship or conflict, I wasn't great with communication. I wasn't great with, uh, conflict. So a lot of it, um, you know, some of the relationships I was in, I, I would plan an exit strategy of, you know, everything's fine, everything's fine. And all of those things are very stressful and can cause, you know, a lot of emotion and stress within you. If you are the person planning an exit, whether it is, um, and, and you hate, you know, it's like quiet quitting on a job, but if you know, it's not serving you, you've tried to work through it. There really isn't a change. There isn't, you know, and you're, it's not serving you for whatever reason. I'm not saying like give up on it and, you know, throw it aside. I mean, that was early years for me. You want to definitely try and work through it. And some different things that, you know, marriage number two uh, saw a marriage counselor, didn't do that for marriage number one. Um, I pieced out of that one pretty quick and on to the <laughs> next, but, um, you know, dust yourself off and get back out there. So, um, but marriage number two was, a little bit, you know, I was 10 years older, uh, between the two, uh, marriages and, uh, went to a, a counselor for, uh, a marriage counselor. And, you know, there was a lot of really great tools. And so I think, and even though it didn't work out, it was really great tools to appreciate that person before, you know, we parted ways. And one of the things that I found really impactful that we were, uh, introduced to was, um, the, the book, the five love languages, that was huge. And I know it's a, a big book, um, around marriage and divorce and relationship, highly recommend that. But the counselor had said, you know, I want you to take and every single day for 30 days, celebrate something and find something good about your partner for 30 days. And you can be mad at them, you, you don't have to like them, but what did you in the past, if you don't today, what did you love? What can you celebrate them as a person, as a human, not just as your partner? What are some unique qualities that they have that you like, respect, anything that you can find for 30 days? And it made the exit of that relationship a lot easier 
because you get into a different space. You kind of go through the different, you know, stages of, you know, you're resigned, you are like, okay, this is, this is not going to work out, but how do we, you know, people want to be where they're celebrated, not where they're tolerated. And so if being for me personally, I can only speak from personal experience, but I need to be celebrated. And, and really these relationships over the years and the learnings and the teachings and the readings and the workshops, it also taught me a lot about Lisa. Lisa's a lot of work. Lisa's a little high maintenance and it takes a certain individual. <laughs> and it took me quite a while to find them, but you know, it's, um, just having that open communication and tips and tricks and tools of communication. To, so to where instead of me being offended, you know, if, if Chris comes home and, you know, learning about men, men sometimes need transition time and where it's like, they've had a busy day. They're still focused on stuff at work and they come home and I'm, and this is all typically speaking, not all men are the same. Not all women are the same. I want to preface this so that I don't get any hate from it. Right. <laughs> this is in my circumstance. Um, you know, I would, you know, how was your day? What'd you do? Here's what I did. And it was just like, I was ready to have all the excitement and unload and he would not be as responsive as sometimes he normally would. Yeah. And so it would be the open communication and coming at it with grace. And what I learned from one of the workshops was men typically need transition time. And sometimes women with masculine tendencies we need transition time too. And so to have that, Hey, this comes from a loving place. I want you to know how much I can't wait to hear about your day. And I love you so much. I just need some decompression time and some transition time. So if you could give me 15 to 30 minutes to go to the bathroom, have something to eat, you know, be able to be here to hold the bucket for you. And you can unload all the things that you did today and as soon as we had grace and love around some of that, it was like, oh, so he isn't just being an insensitive dick. He actually needs some transition time. And to where I was super judgy, because the, the real thing that I learned in relationship is as a woman, I just looked at men as hairy, unrefined, misbehaving women. Like, <laughs> just, I was like, you know, so it, in, in some of the breakdown of the communication, I would talk to my girlfriends and I'm like, I'm not telling him what I need. I mean, he should know what I need. And it's just like, oh, cause he's a mind reader. Right. And so really coming off of this learning, how much women drive relationship and we drive it up or we drive it right into the ground. And a lot of it is because of some of the behaviors around and owning the behaviors, which is difficult. I don't like to own up to any mistakes that I make. No, thank you. Like, let's gloss over those. But it's it's profound when you get into agreement with that other person and you're like, hey, you know what? I said that and it was super shitty and I'm really sorry. And so, and to infusing humor, like now Chris and I will, will be, you know, he'll say something and, and it'll be joking. And I know the tone, but instead of taking offense right away, I'll say, oh, can you grab me a Kleenex? My nose is bleeding from that cheap shot. Yeah. <laughs> and we'll go back and forth, right? Oh my God. Don't you just love Lisa? Her energy is so infectious and she's so real and genuine and has such an incredible story and experience but she's learned a lot of lessons from that too so we're going to get back into that conversation right away but i just wanted to let you know that there is a divorce symposium coming up it's our online conference on september the 26th it's in the evening for three hours there'll be lots of experts there to share what they know and how they can support you in a divorce or a separation so those tickets are already available on Eventbrite. The link will be in the show notes. Let's get back to our conversation with Lisa and hear more of her story. And so I think it's that communication and, and owning it and taking what you can from that and trying to find the lightness. I mean, there's so many people out there in life that are looking to be offended. And it's no different in relationship. In the past, it would be, you know, if you're slighted or offended and stuff like that, it's, and oftentimes, the offender of the offense is offended. And so it's like, oh, okay. Again, what's my part in this? So, so many learnings. I literally could go on for 
ever about the tips, tools, tricks. And I think this is what made me a great service provider, laser technician, physician assistant, is because you can find the hilarity in some of this stuff that isn't funny at all. Um, and take it and change your perspective on it to where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm coming into this and it's doomsday. And yep. then and then it turns out to be like, okay, I can change my outlook and perspective. And this isn't the end of the world. It feels like it right now, but how am I going to get myself through this? Because, and, and if that person has harmed you in different ways, verbally, mentally, emotionally, physically, any of those things, you can kind of look at it and say, you know what? I'm not going to let that other person win because I understand it. it's not all fun and games and you can't sometimes get out of these things without hurt feelings and being like, Lisa, I'm not going to celebrate him or think of things that I like about him. Fuck that. No way. You can, I can also get on board on that train to be like, babe, you are not a sad ass. You're a badass. You're not going to let him win over this or the opposite. You know, there's a lot of times where men are getting emotionally, verbally, mentally beat up by us women. Nobody, like nobody can outcross, you know, some women out there too, you know? And a lot of times it's that silent communication of, you know, I used to joke that I would wear, you know, this crowbar with every outfit I owned and it would be this, you know, well, you're going to pay for that. If you said like, if he, he would say to me like, oh, are you going to wear that? I would just be quiet and be mm -hmm. like, oh, oh, okay. So I'm going to go change my clothes, but I'm also going to keep that on file and I am going to try and out mean you. It, it's so juvenile, but I mean, those are things in unhealthy relationships that people do, you know, where it's like, oh, um, yes, I was going to wear this. Actually, I had a clown costume I was going to wear, but I don't want to show up wearing the same thing as your best friend. So, <laughs> and then you try and, you know, it's an insult slinging mm -hmm. contest, but you got to have humor around it. I think humor, humor saves us from a lot of stuff and you got to have people to talk to. And I'm happy to talk to anybody about anything that I went through, if it's going to be helpful, it's not, you know, maybe the norm, <laughs> but what's the norm, right? I think we're creating that. Yeah. And that's yeah, what's so beautiful. Right. So I want to unpack this a little bit because you mentioned some, I mean, there's so many gems in here. I hope people will listen to this over and over. But one of the things that you had mentioned as well was um, like with your dad, you know, when you were walking down that aisle and there was like the whole, you're in a quandary and I, I'm walking down the aisle and the answer he was expecting was probably like a hell yeah. And there that wasn't there, right? But something you mentioned too, is that we hope that this also helps anyone who wants to support someone who's dealing with and trying to navigate through a, a breakup or a divorce or, or the, the, the marriage is obviously having some struggles. And when they hear our stories, it helps them to understand and have some compassion around that because there are still a lot of marriages out there that are the first marriage that, that are very good. And that's amazing. And, and in no way are we trying to promote divorce in, no. in the opposite, you know, you actually educated yourself and, and did what you could so that you could have a healthy relationship. And, and that's what you found. But really one of the big motives I have with doing everything I'm doing and sharing, having people share their stories and me sharing mine is, is to help create that village or that community of compassion and understanding, because you feel so helpless when you see a close friend or a relative or a child that's struggling in something that is changing them. Even, you know, it's not healthy. They, they are muting themselves or they're becoming smaller or, there's fear or uh, their, their confidence. You can see it's just, it's really failing. And how can you help them? So to be able to understand what it's like on the inside, I, without them having to have those conversations, I think that gives them some tools for where to open that conversation. Did you have people that, like you say, you could talk to now, were there people for you 
at that time that you feel made an impact? What was it that supported you? I think it was having friends and family that were really understanding and supportive. And, you know, my first marriage was, it was a year. So it was like a flash in the pan really, but it was hard because I felt bad and I felt guilty. Uh, and it, it, because I thought, you know, you, you think about these, these things early on, like the money that went into the wedding and our mom and dad going to be disappointed in me. This is going to be a, like a failure. How am I going to, you know, you have all these things. And so I remember, um, I, I told my mom first and I said, I, I don't think that this is what I want anymore. And I don't think I can be, I, I don't think it's good for either one of us. So I don't think I can be what he needs. He's looking to have a family. I don't think I ever want a family. There's a lot of things that at 23, you think, oh no, like we would, we talked about this, you know, and you don't. And then, or, or your mind changes or, you know, when I said to her, I'm, I'm scared. Like, I don't, I don't know what this means. And so the biggest thing was you go into looking for security. So it's like, mom, is it okay if I move back home? And she's like, Lise, it's okay. Like whatever's best for you. I don't want you to, I want you to think about it. She's like, you can't make a decision like this. Like you change your hair color. And I mean, I used to be a hairstylist. So I've had every hair color style, everything under the sun. It looks like I'm running from the law or in the witness. <laughs> it's very bad. But so she's like, you can't just make this decision on a whim. I think you need to try and work it out. Is there any way? And she kind of counseled me along the way of, you know, is this just something, you know, relationships go up and down. Um, you know, it goes from, you know, a dwindling little flame up to a bonfire back to a flame. Is this something where, you know, the water's been thrown on this, uh, campfire and it's, it's done. Like really think about it because there's a lot more people that it affects than just you. And so she was very supportive, um, in saying, think about like not being an advocate, like, yeah, come home, let's ditch this, you know, but it was all like, let me help you pack your stuff. It was very like, think this through. You've made an adult decision. You're an adult. Think this through of what the repercussions of this is going to be. And if you go down this road, what that's going to do, you know, how that's going to change you, how that's, are you going to be soured about divorce? Are you going to be soured about, you know, really think it through. And so she was really supportive. Friends were really supportive. Um, you know, and then you've got, you know, you've got the supportive people. And then you got the people that are like, yeah, I knew it would last. Yeah. You know, I, and you have those people. And, and, and I think we all have those people. So you're going to have people where it's like, no, you know, you got kids stay together for the kids. You got people in both camps, but it's ultimately finding that support and, and really leaning on resources. And so having people close to you, and if you don't have anybody close to you and everyone's like, no, you should leave. I mean, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? All of that stuff just instills fear. And sometimes the people closest to us think that they're doing the best, but it's only their opinion and their reality. They're not in that relationship. I mean, they don't know what exactly goes on. People know what we want them to know, you know? And so knowing yourself and taking time for yourself and doing some self-care and some reflection of like, it is a process. It's not, you're not going to wake up overnight and, you know, everything's going to be different. It's a, it's a bit of a process. Some people get through it quicker than they get through it, than others get through it. And that can, again, so many factors, depending on how much support you have, if there's kids involved, like there's, there's so much to it. And that's where I think these forums and Dina, what you're creating is a community of there's all different situations and there's all different, you know, I, I had two very short marriages. Number one was a year. Number two was, I think two and a half years, uh, no kids. So the situation is very different. And so I think there'll be people that can relate to what I've gone through. And there's maybe some, hopefully some tips and pearls of, of, types of support or types of things where it's like, oh, that resonated me with that one thing. Like, okay, I've been a sad ass for a while. Okay. I got to do my thing to be a badass again. How am I getting out of this? You know? So I, I think support is huge. And, and luckily there's so many forms of it now. So for me, that's what helped me is friends and family. 
That's fantastic. And just the bravery it took to make that decision. You know, you've, you've mentioned how at that age, being that young, you didn't know as much as you know now. You didn't understand yourself as much as you know now. But Elisa, you did understand enough that that wasn't a good place to stay for you or for your partner. Yet yeah. it, it wasn't serving either of you well. No. And, and, and people-pleasing you... tendencies. Like there's Ooh. a lot of people-pleasing tendencies that I had um, and, and still somewhat, I think my I've certainly changed with lessons I've learned. And when you build your self-esteem and your self-confidence and stuff like that, the true saying is, you know, you teach people how to treat you by, by what you're willing to put up with, right? And so I think in a relationship uh, and a lot of marriages in some of the patients that I saw over the years, thousands of patients, like around 30,000 patients over the years of people that you would talk to. And some of those folks going through uh, divorces, I've changed so much. And you do change so much fundamentally as a person and what you loved and what you did and what you, all of those things at 23 looks a hell of a lot different at 33 and then a hell of a lot different at 43. And so it's, it's people pleasing and it's, I should stay for the kids. I should stay for, you know, and I, I look at it. My parents um, are, they were together for 24 years, uh, got divorced. And um, I look at that and I think, you know, dad was on the road a lot. He was a workaholic doing whatever he could for uh, supporting the family. And he was, always working. Mom kind of took care of things back home. And that was the the marriage model a lot back then and still is now. And um, they weren't happy. And so staying for the kids, it didn't end up teaching us what I think they thought it would. Like, we're going to stay together until the kids are 18. What, you know, then, then what do you teach the kids? Like, what are you willing to put up with? Are you will and and not that I saw my parents do a lot of fighting or anything like that. It was that dad was gone a lot. Mom kind of did a lot of the house stuff on her own, and that's just kind of how it was. So we didn't see a lot of that. But there's a lot of times out there where kids are in a family that's got an unhealthy marriage at the head of it, and so staying for the kids. I, I was a child of divorce and it was early, it was late in my life. Um, and so I think we need to be mindful as adults in marriage, what, you know, is staying the best idea or is that a crutch or an excuse or, you know, and, and, you know, the offenders of the offense will be offended maybe, but, uh, that's where really deciding don't stay for these certain reasons where you think, especially if it's a, if it's, you know, them, the kids seeing a lot of fighting, seeing a lot of turmoil, you know, and a lot of, a lot of marriages, people hide that from kids. I my, my parents did. I mean, we didn't really have a lot of that, but they, they also weren't close. They would laugh together sometimes, but you really have to, you know, what are, what's the example we're setting and are we staying for the right reasons or are think, those reasons just to not have to face leaving? Yes. Avoidance and denial. Yes. Yeah, that's a very powerful point that you've made, Lisa. I think that's, um, that's a good, it's a good, um, I want to say lens again, but like a, a magnifying glass to just pause once in a while and say, you know, what, see it from the perspective of the kids and really yeah. look like, what are, what are we exhibiting to them? What are they seeing and, and have some conversations with them. And as an, like my kids were adults by the time my, I, I finally left. And as I've learned more and more and understood the environment, once I was away from it and just realized the eggshells that I walked on, the, the effort I put in, in a survival mode to keep the peace and not trigger anything meant having to squelch their natural childhood exuberance and excitement and questions and just squelch them to keep that peace and not cause any triggers. And I apologized to them as adults. And I said, I, I contributed to allowing that to be going on and that atmosphere. And I apologize that that would have molded and changed your whole childhood experience. And, you know, they, they're so gracious about it. I mean, it, they knew that's what, that's all they knew. And now I think as they're adults and my daughter's raising her own family, they understand more, not only what I was living in, but 
you know, what the difference is in their home now for their children versus what it was uh, for them growing up. So that's a very, very good point, Lisa, for people to consider. Well, and I think living out loud, you want to be able to celebrate each other and have a healthy yes. uh, look at what partnership is. And I mean, there's a lot of people that are saying, like Chris and I, I mean, we're engaged, have been engaged for a long time. And everyone's like, when's the wedding? When's the wedding? I mean, we've, we both wear rings, call each other husband and wife. It, it's what works for you. So some people it's, we could be engaged forever. I could, we could get married tomorrow. Like to me, there's a different, it's, it's now about doing life together and not so much about the marriage certificate or what that means. It's you're committed to that person, whether you have a piece of paper or not. And that wasn't always my thoughts around things. And I know being an adult child going through uh, the divorce of my parents, and I'm the oldest of three, and I've got a younger sister and a younger brother. And you know, we, we had, you know, after mom and dad had the conversation with us that this was, you know, happening. Um, I said to them, like, we all talked about our feelings. And I said, you guys, if I'm looking at from a adult perspective, I said, there's two people in this marriage and none of us three are those people. And so for me, if dad's happier without mom and mom's happier without dad, I don't give a shit. It doesn't affect the relationship that I have with mom or dad separately eat any way, shape or form. The fact that they're not living together, married, having sex in the same bedroom and house, that's none of my business, quite frankly. And nor do I care. I just want them to be happy because when you get to be an adult, that's what you want. I would, I, I feel bad that they stayed in the relationship that they did because you're robbed of what you could have with another person. And again, life's so short that waiting and waiting it out for the kids or, well, I don't want to rock the boat. I don't want to. So looking back at that, I would always say to the, to them, like my Lindsay and Landon, my, my brother and sister, it would be like, you guys, you're still, dad's always going to be your dad. Mom's always going to be your mom. And, and even my partner, Chris, we have, um, twins at home and they're with us part-time and they're, they're with their mom part-time. And I met them when they were four, they're 13 now. And our biggest thing when they were young is, and, and Chris is, you know, his, his mom and dad divorced when he was young too. He was about seven or eight. The biggest thing that we talked about when we're talking about, you know, announcing this to the kids and now they're going to live in a different house. It's finding kids are resilient it's how the delivery of that news lands on them. So what we did was, you guys, you get two Christmases, you get two birthday parties, you get two houses, you get double the people to love you because I'm here now to love you. And if mom meets someone, which she probably will, we're going to celebrate that. And you're going to have just more people to celebrate you and love you and teach you and support you. It's not... You know, and we really kept it that way for um, for the twins. We were very like, this is something to be celebrated. You know, mom is happy and she's with him and dad's happy and he's with Lisey. And, you know, really it's how you set the tone because they're resilient. They're amazing, but they're also super freaking smart. So when we're walking on eggshells, when there's a, it's, it's the little questions of like, hey, mom, are you okay? Hey, is everything okay? And they know, they can feel that. So it's, they're smarter than we think. And when we think we're doing the right thing by sticking in a bad situation or we're, we really need to look at that and be honest with ourselves and say like, is this the best? And, and who is it the best for? What are the other options and what might that look like? And I know a lot of times there's outside pressure from family or friends or people that might gain. It's just like when you all of a sudden have a backbone from being a people pleaser and you change to being oh. like, no, I'm going to stand up for myself. Right. And then yeah. all of a sudden the people that benefited from you not having boundaries are the people that are pissed. Yeah. Shocker. You know, they were the sole beneficiary of you having no boundaries to begin with. Yes. They're going to be choked. But yeah. who's the best for, right? Just giving ourselves permission is huge and learning to trust ourselves because we are beating ourselves up about it 
about these choices that we've made or the boundaries we didn't have and the changes that we'd like to to incorporate to reclaim our power and our our joy however that's defined and it's just can i trust myself to make those and can i give myself permission to do that and i'm going to back way up about the celebrating each other celebrating ourselves celebrating what we've accomplished what we have learned or created or built or or done in the last you know 10 years, five years, two month, week, whatever it takes, like stop and just, no matter how big or small is celebrate yourself, but also whether you are struggling in the relationship or not to celebrate each other. I think that's a beautiful exercise to just pause. And if you can tell the other person all the better and just think, yes. you know, just before you go to sleep at night or the first thing in the morning or over lunch, whenever, just at some random time during the day, surprise each other and say, guess what today's thing is that I want to celebrate about you or that I appreciate about you. And I think, you know, you can do that in friendships, do that in the office, whatever it might be. And another thing I just read this morning that I found really intriguing, and I think it applies to absolutely anything in life, but especially when we are struggling to get out of those dark places is to consider, you know, it sounds like it sounds morbid at first, but when you realize where it goes is that, Every single experience, everything you taste, hear, smell, touch, see, whatever it might be, could be the last time that you ever do that. Now, I've I've lost two brothers. They were both died as young adults. I tons of friends, many people I know have died young. And yes, that lesson was there. But then to look at this perspective and also think that I might talk to Lisa, you know, 18 more times this month. But then after today, it's going to only be 17 and then 16 and 50, like uh, whatever it is, you never know when that might be the last time. Savor it, cherish yeah. your life, cherish your, your time uh, with yourself, cherish all those big and small things. And you'll just, you'll have a, a much brighter love of your life and a fullness to your life. Yeah. It's so impactful. I love that. And it, uh, makes me think when we've always in my family growing up, I love you was something that we said all the time. And I remember I was about seven years old and mom was saying goodnight and doing our bedtime routine. And, um, she said, I love you. And I said, we say that all the time. Like, why do we say, I love you all the time? And she said, you know, wouldn't that be the last thing, if you never saw somebody again, wouldn't that be the nicest thing that you could say to them? And then you don't have any regrets. And there wasn't a lot of I love yous when my mom was growing up. There wasn't a lot when my dad was growing up. And so they really hammered that home. So if I, and still today, if I talk to my dad three times on the phone, it's I love you every time we hang up the phone. And it's, I love that part of communication with Chris and I, everything, when we wake up in the morning and it's ridiculous and we'll text each other and people are like, how long have you guys been together? Cause it always seems very new. When we wake up every single morning, first thing we do, we're laying in bed or one of us gets up and the other one's kind of still sleeping. Um, it'll be like, and, and it sounds ridiculous because it like, I'll do it exactly how we, we do it. So it'd be like, Good morning, friend. And it, it's just ridiculous. Aww. Like you and and we just call each other that all the time. Like, good morning, best friend. Hello, best friend. And we always it's and we'll text each other like when he's away for work or which is lots. He works in the US. And so we'll be back and forth. And it's like, hey, best friend. Hey, good morning, best friend. Or things like, man, you're good looking. And every once in a while to just verbalize and don't lose that. Like if we're in the, in the kitchen together, I will have grazed, I will have grabbed his butt. Every time I am in the kitchen, I will give him a little butt squeeze. And so it's having fun with those things and making sure to, um, yeah, like celebrate that other person. And, and both of us have really made an effort. And if you can make fun of it, and you do something a little bit fun or, you know, you talk in, you have your own little language or you have your own little code or, you know, and, and sometimes, and, and we've taken a lot of lessons, Brene Brown of the, you know, the story I'm telling myself. And yes. so where, I mean, that has been a game changer for us to be like, Hey, 
I love you. And when we're in the heat of an, uh, we don't really even argue, but we're in the heat of a discussion. It'll be like, Hey, stop for just a sec. I just want you to know, I love you so much. Even if we, you know, disagree, I just want you to know. And, and then we say this, we're like, I love you a crazy, ridiculous amount of bananas much. Like we'll say, <laughs> and then it's like, so it's always like, Hey, this comes from a place of love. This is how that made me feel. And this is the story I was telling myself. And to be honest and open with that communication is an absolute gift. And so really it's giving your partner that gift, but giving yourself that gift that if you never saw that person again, take it to the end, you know, where you're annoyed with that person. Okay. And it is, it is a little morbid, but it it's impactful. Okay. This is really annoying. And I'm really not, you know, jamming with this right now. What if I never see this person again? How am I going to feel? Obviously you're going to be sad. Is that something that, you know, and, and yeah, good morning, best friend and say it to yourself. That's the biggest thing. Look in the mirror, say it to yourself. A lot of things stem from self-worth issues because when we're looking at divorce, when we're looking at relationship breakdown, it doesn't have to be divorce. It can be long-term relationship uh, breakdown. When you're looking at that, oftentimes you aren't as confident and you're not doing the things that you were to attract that person in the beginning. And so we sometimes will lose those parts of ourselves that that person fell in love with to begin with. And so it's that fun, confident, people want to be around that. And that's usually why infidelity happens because things are humdrum bum at home. And it's like, oh, there's bills. Oh, the kids, oh, whatever. And it's the old adage of when you see old movies where the husband goes to work and the affair happens with the secretary. Why does that affair happen? Because she's coming in and she's blown away by all of his achievements. And she's like, oh my gosh, you're so amazing at this. What can I get you? Can I get you a coffee? Can I get you this? Can I get you that? Yeah, that's attractive. And it's like, you know, when I was coming off of some of these relationship courses, I was talking to my grandma and grandpa about it. And, you know, they're, they've been together. They just celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary. They started young. I think they were like 16. They got their first house, got married and had my mom all in this. It was a big year for those folks. And they've taught us so many lessons about sticking it out and sticking it together, sticking together. And I mean, they are incredible as a goal, relationship goals, right? But it's funny because we would joke and it would be like, celebrate him. I basically raised him, you know? And it was, it's attitudes like that, that we can laugh about, but you know, it's, it's really being cognizant of celebrating that other person. And that once words leave your lips, it's easy to say, sorry, but it's just like, you know, taking a, a, a post and putting a whole bunch of nails in it. Every single time you put a nail in, you can take it out and say you're sorry, but the hole's still there. And so really those type of analogies um, of putting in your share and uh, there's so many great ways to do relationship and make it healthy. And sometimes there's no coming back from an unhealthy relationship and that's okay. But learning the lessons, arming yourself with education and what can you can do to be different in your next relationship because that's what's important is the relationship you have with yourself and the person that you're going to be in relationship with next. I love that. This is like a whole motivational workshop. I just, I think it's, <laughs> and, and it's after, fantastic. You know, think about this bitch, she could talk forever. So when you <laughs> wrap it up, you just, you just let me know. Right. I love it. I think it's a great place to wrap. I just, I do want to go back and cause I know there's going to be readers that are going to give me a, wait a minute, Lisa, excuse me I am not going to be like the secretary that does like no we we are talking about that we're we were it's an example it's not a people pleasing you gotta just be his slave in order to no, keep him his love that. and he doesn't <laughs> want that but no. you know what you the way you present yourself like think about those early days I love how you said what did you what did you do to what did you find attractive about him what did he find attractive about you and you might feel silly at first doing some of those things that the effort that you made, whether it was, you know, put on some lingerie when he comes walking and like surprise him or, or make him make something special that maybe, you know, he's put on, let's, here's an example. Maybe he's put on some extra weight and he said, no, you know, like I, I'm really trying to, uh, I'm really self-conscious about that. So uh, you know, you, but still you make him his favorite chocolate dessert, let's say. Yeah. 
and yeah. just say, I don't care. I find you sexy. Like you're handsome to me. And I'm just making you this special treat because I know that you used to love how much I made that. And I haven't done that. I haven't made that effort because the kids did and the bills and the, you know, life has gotten in the way. Like just yeah. do the little things that used to make him feel special or make her feel special and really celebrate them. And so I just, I wanted to, I wanted to squelch any, any of the haters going, yes. wait a minute. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to, yeah, I'm not going to exactly. be a slave, but no, I do, no. I do think we can learn so much from some of the older generations that to really care. And oh my God, when you see a couple of cotton heads walking down the street with hand in hand, arm in arm, it's the most beautiful thing. And you, and you, when you see them look at each other and that's the whole rest of the world just disappears and you see them look at each other like that. And you're like, I want that. Um, that's, that has survived. That has gone through highs and lows and they've learned to embrace and appreciate each other. And at, at that point, probably in their lives or they know that every day could be the last day yeah. you know be be best friends yeah. I love that you guys do that what an amazing what an amazing conversation I so appreciate your time oh, and my pleasure and we're going to have you on again and hear about what you have seen with your clients and how you support them and and how what you do can help them find confidence as well so thank you Lisa I really appreciate your time Thank you so much for having me. Hopefully you heard something today that helps you wherever you might be in life. Do you have questions or a suggestion for a topic you want to know more about? Let me know. Check the show notes for all the contact information. Follow this podcast and find us on social. Know anyone who might find this information helpful? Be a friend and share it. And hey, thank you for hanging out with me today. Keep smiling that beautiful smile. The world needs your sunshine. It means a lot that you spend this time with us and meet our experts and professionals who can help you through divorce or separation. Please refer to our terms of service available on our website, divorcemagazinecanada.com. The link is in the show notes. Our disclaimer, divorce resource groups, blog, and all content including our podcast, is intended to educate and provide quality, credible resource information. The contents should not be used as factual until consultation with the appropriate professionals for any guidance. Divorce Magazine Canada does not constitute endorsements for nor liability for any claims made in the presenting of this information.